It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It's time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders who roll into Henderson today where they sit on Raiders way there at the headquarters of their Mountain Healthcare Center. We are back to talk about training camp again. Do a favor, though, if you're listening to us on the podcast feed, just go ahead and subscribe. If you haven't already subscribed, do so. Hit on the auto download there so that uh, you never miss a show when we push it. Also, cool announcement. As you guys know, we've always been part of Odyssey's radio stations in Las Vegas, and we are once again going to be heard on 98.5 HD to the fan in Las Vegas. Excuse me, not the fan, the bet in Las Vegas. I'm going back to last year. The bet in Las Vegas. So you can listen to us there Sunday mornings. The best thing to do, it airs pretty early. So the best thing to do is to download the free Odyssey app and you can use the rewind function and do that. And we will have some special stuff there on uh, Sundays for you as well. So make sure you do that. But glad to be back there. Thank you. Special thanks to Mark Bonilla over at Odyssey and at the Bet in Las Vegas for doing that. And as always, uh, I bring in my broadcast partner in crime here on Silver and Black today. He is Mo Moten. He is the national senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. His life is about to get a lot more busy as we roll into camp this week, of course, you had your kind of general NFL contender live uh, Bleacher Report live yesterday. And then you have a Raiders live Bleacher Report video coming up tomorrow, right? Or is it Friday? That's correct. It's coming up tomorrow. I'll talk about position battles, uh, who I think is going to come out on top and win those position battles. And generally just what spots are up for grabs more of just just to just get an overview of the roster and uh, where I think players will slide in come week one of the regular season. Yeah, so there you go. So make sure you uh, follow Mo on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O, and you can always follow what he's up to because besides the show and, of course, the writing, he's also the Raiders columnist up on sportsnot.com, and he does a lot of these Bleacher Report lives. That's where we got the name Midtown Mo because he rolls into the studio (laughs) at Bleacher Report with his free lattes and uh, all that stuff, <laughs> hobnobbing with the, the the NFL elite in the hallways. It's all good. We love it. We're proud of him. So make sure you follow him. You can also follow me at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. So, Mo, it begins today. Uh, but a couple things. We'll get to the news in a minute. But I want to uh, – people always send me – requests on on uh twitter saying hey you know what are the key dates right so i want to go over those a little bit because obviously camp starts today for veterans uh no surprises so far uh with with who's there or who's not there 
Uh, we know Josh Jacobs won't be there clearly because of the contract situation. We've talked about that for the last couple weeks. But a couple things. August 3rd, of course, the Hall of Fame game up in Canton, Ohio. Kicks off the Browns and the Jets. So Aaron Rodgers will make his debut as a Jet on the sideline. Of course, he won't play. But he'll be there as well August 3rd. August 13th is the Raiders' first preseason game against the 49ers. Our own Murph from Raiders Fan Radio will be there. He'll send us a report on that. It'll be great. We'll, we'll meet him with him after that. Um, as well as the, the fundraiser they're doing for Raider Dad. August 19th, the second preseason game, August 26th uh, against the Cowboys. The Rams were the 19th. The 29th, prior to 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, the active rosters have to be down to 53 players. And then the next day, practice squads to 16. So there's cuts in between that, Mo, but uh, you basically got a month here to feel out what you're going to go with, what – Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are going to go into battle in 2023, what roster they're going to take with them. And we've talked about it and we will continue to talk about it over the next several weeks during camp about all the question marks here. But I want to start with, uh, obviously, uh, we heard over the weekend and into early this week, Devontae Adams was out doing a press tour, basically, mm-hmm. for some charity work that he does. But of course, uh, he was asked about uh, uh, Josh Jacobs in that contract, contract situation. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll get to that in a second. But I have a clip here. It's a pretty long clip. So, so Mo, I might play some of it and then stop it and get some reaction and then restart it because it's about two minutes and 40 seconds. But you and I were going back and forth. I sent it to you when I first saw it. I have some really interesting thoughts on it. Nothing controversial, nothing crazy about it. But it gives you some insight into a couple things. And I want to talk to you. So, I'm going to use the clip from the Dan Patrick show. All right. So here is Dan Patrick asking Devontae Adams about the Josh Jacobs situation. And we'll jump in here and, and talk about it. So here's uh, Devontae Adams. Talked to Josh Jacobs uh, recently. It was probably maybe about th- three or four days ago. What did you say? You know, I just I just told him to keep his head. Um, you know, this is my 10th year now. I've been through the, the contract process um, a total of three times now. Um, you know, it's a little easier when you first come in and then once you start doing your thing on the field and then make things a little bit more interesting come contract time. So basically just told him I, I understand where he's coming from. You know, you got to you got to do what you have to do, um, you know, in, in order to, um, you know, feel your your worth. And you can't just do something that your heart's not in. So at the end of the day, if, it's, if it doesn't make sense, to you, you got you to do what you got to do. Um, but at the same time, I try to present all the things to him that, you know, the positives is coming back. Um, you know, he and I are really close. So when it comes to the the connection and, you know, I just try to remind him of the opportunities we have to potentially do something special together. OK, so I'm going to stop it right there for a second. Mo. So a couple things from the get go here with with Devontae. Devontae Adams is one heck of a leader mature guy and um the way in which he answers this question i thought was masterful clearly he was prepared on his own but he does a couple things here and i want to see if you agree with me number one is you know he's close with josh jacobs now you can understand why josh jacobs grew as a leader so much last year these two are close and and you can tell he's mentoring him which is fantastic that's exactly what you want with a guy like Devontae adams and a young guy like uh josh jacobs but he goes there and he he understands. He's giving his, he's he's publicly saying, "Hey, look, I empathize empathize with you. I've been there. I've been through this a couple times, so I know." And then at the end, you know, he doesn't go into the running backs or underpaid stuff. He doesn't go into any of that kind of 
soapbox material. What he does instead is says, hey, I understand this. I want this guy here. I'm telling him both sides. He's giving him advice, but also telling him, hey, you got to make your own decision. Um, really great insight into a little bit their relationship, but also the leadership a guy like this brings to that locker room. Yeah, absolutely. I think deep down, Devonta Adams wants him there. He said that publicly, wants him to be there. But I, I think players have a it's, – it's kind of an unspoken rule that players are not going to speak about another man's contract and what another, right. another man needs to do financially because everyone has their own responsibilities and needs to take care of off the field. So I think it was a diplomatic answer in the sense that, yeah, I want him there, but I'm not going to tell him what to do in a sense. And I, I, I kind of expected that type of answer. Now, he, he put it eloquently on on when he was speaking with Dan Patrick, but I kind of expected him to, to go that route. And I don't want to say play both sides, but say, look, the team is here for you. We have an opportunity to win games with you on the field, but go ahead and make your own decision and do your, and do your thing and, and work out work things out how you see fit financially with the Raiders. Correct. But also knowing he knows what it's like because he's been through it, right? So uh, very simple. Okay, let's go on with uh, Devontae Adams here talking about Josh Jacobs. And um, I also let him know that, you know, I play with a great deal of running backs, really good running backs. And there's only a handful that I feel like I could go to literal war with. And he's one of those guys. Um, so when I think about winning a Super Bowl and what it takes to win one, you know, because I haven't done that yet. I think about having a guy like him, on, you know, in the backfield, um, you know, by my side, another dog that's ready to to go to war and, and do whatever it takes to get it done. I mean, one of the toughest guys I've ever been around. Um, and, I mean, the growth that I saw, obviously didn't know him very well before this, um, not having been around him as much, but uh, the growth that I saw from the previous year to this last year, um, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to take credit for anything, but I know that when when you get around other people that are that are like you or that push you it kind of brings the best out of you which is kind of the Aaron Rodgers effect with me I feel like having Aaron early in my career um his mindset his work ethic and um yeah honestly the work ethic is is through the roof but like I said just the way he thinks about the game the way he approaches it um it puts so much of of the way he does it you know into into my craft and I was able to kind of steal a few things and I think the same thing happened with with both of them, you know, me and Josh. You yeah. know, I feel like he helped me with some of that stuff, and it was great having another dog next to me out there, um, and and vice versa. So, try to just give him as much as I can without trying to steer his mind anywhere, because I know what that process is like, and I know what it's like when you know you're you're going back and forth with the club about numbers and all those things. So, don't want to be be naive in a situation, but also want to make sure that he. Um, is aware of everything that comes with it and also, um, you know, the opportunity that we have together. There you go. There is Devontae Adams speaking to Dan Patrick. Thanks to the Dan Patrick Show for that audio about the, the situation with Josh Jacobs. And interesting on that second half of the clip, Mo, was the idea of uh, how they've impacted each other, right? So clearly that relationship – but again, I think him sending – he knows the time for the club and Josh Jacobs to come to an agreement on a new deal is gone. So you're not going to do that. So I heard a little bit of the read between the lines there because he knows Josh Jacobs is listening. I mean, they've had their personal conversations. But he knows that he's listening to. He's going to hear it. And this idea of, hey, look, we've rubbed off on each other. You've made a lot of progress. You've rubbed off on me. We need you to go do something special. 
And so he's kind of making his case there uh, for Josh to get in there and not skip that year, which, you know, I don't anticipate Josh Jacobs to give up $10.1 million and not play this year, but just a fascinating insight. And again, uh, I could listen to Devonte speak all day long because I think that uh, there's a lot of experience mentorship. And he talked about learning from Aaron Rodgers there. Just uh, the kind of guy you want in that locker room as a leader on your offense. There's the, there's the leader of your locker room following in the post Derek mm-hmm. Carr era right there. I know most times <clears throat> your quarterback is the leader in the locker room. And Jimmy G, I've heard, is very good in the locker room. And he may grow into be a, a you know, a, a big figure with the Raiders, but for right now, it's Devon. It starts and it starts and be, it begins and ends with Devonte Adams. And I think since Carr has been gone, which is, hasn't been that long actually, mm-hmm. I think Devonte Adams has has grown to accept his role on the team. Now, remember, he was taught in his interview on NFL Network. They they called him a mentor, and he said, "Well, pump the brakes. I'm not that old yet." He wanted to make sure <laughs> he wanted to make it clear that yes, I am a leader and a mentor in the locker room, but I can still put up big numbers, which he did last right. year. Yeah, not not the kind of, hey, you've now transitioned from being right. one of the top players in the NFL to just being a mentor. That's not right. what he's doing. He's not on right. the way down. He's still – that's a great point to to, to pick out there, Mo. <laughs> but that, that, uh, that was fascinating to see because he had a lot of conversations. He talked to Jim Rome. He talked to NFL Network, as you mentioned. So he was asked this question specifically uh, on a couple of the shows. Not all of the shows. NFL state media didn't really ask him the question too much because they were just keeping it fluffy. But uh, it was good to hear that because, you know, we've heard from fans and, and some journalists like, what's this going to do to the locker room? And all? Well, you can clearly tell Devontae Adams has thought about it. He's, he's got his, his story, if you will. And I'm sure through the rest of that locker room, especially as guys roll into camp today, it's, they got work to do. They're worried about making the roster. The time to worry about Josh Jacobs' contract is now passed. It's time to focus on football and making sure – you make your way and continue your career with the Raiders. Uh, but, but Mo, uh, clearly, as we see today, and, and we'll see most of you listening to probably this podcast on Tuesday morning as the Raiders are just getting started out there, is Jimmy Garoppolo. Will he roll in? Will he be on the field? Uh, and, of course, we got some news we'll get to in a minute on some of the roster injuries for the Raiders. Jimmy G was not in any of those reports, so that's a good sign, Right. Uh, but again, all eyes will be on whether number 10 rolls out there today in Henderson. Yeah, absolutely. He, you know, he has to cross the first finish, not finish line, but clear the first hurdle with the passing of the physical. Because remember, if he doesn't pass that physical, yeah. that, that addendum G kicks in and the Raiders can start to think about, OK, what are we going to do at quarterback if he's still not recovered from that foot injury or if he has a setback somewhere? But. You mentioned some of the roster moves that the Raiders had to make when the rookies reported last week. I think we'll hear more about Jimmy G this week. Obviously, we will. But in terms of, you know, what is what is his recovery timetable? Because the Raiders, by our reports, are saying that they, he's ahead of schedule. That's all we've heard, right, for the past <laughs> few, few weeks. He's ahead of schedule, so there's no reason why he shouldn't be ready to go at training camp. But I will tell Raider fans that I, I think that even if he is – ready to go and on the field, they're not going to ramp him up that quickly. He's going to no. have very little activity, very light activity, because he you know, he hasn't played a football game since early December, I believe it was, when he hurt his foot. They're not going to rush him back as they're not going to do with some of the rookies that are on the injured list. So even though Jimmy Garoppolo may not end up on the pup list 
expect his workload to be very light starting off a training camp. And I, th I think Mo, most of us would be happy just to see him roll out there in the shorts and the jersey, the red jersey and the helmet and just throwing some balls. I think showing that he's putting some pressure on that foot and throwing the ball, even if it's light throws, right? I think people just want to see that he's there and that he's actually doing some football activity. So, so back to that Devontae Adams NFL Network interview, he he mentioned that. He said, look, the big thing is he he – he said it outright. He said the big thing is not just, you know, Jimmy G playing well, but he has to be healthy and available, basically. Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing for Devontae, but basically he said the main thing is having Jim, a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo on the field so we can build a rapport because it doesn't happen right away. You don't just throw the footballs out there and Devontae Adams is great and you just figure, oh, it's going to work right away. Yes, Devontae Adams is great, but you still have to work on your timing. You still have to work on knowing your wide receiver if you're the quarterback. So to your point, having Jimmy Garoppolo on the field is going to be important for him to just be out there throwing balls to Devontae Adams in live action. Now, padded practices don't happen until July 26, uh, Wednesday. So hopefully Jimmy Garoppolo is on the field for at least a portion of that so that he right. can start to build that connection with Devontae Adams. Absolutely. So it'll be fun. But also there'll be a lot of a lot of players vying for spots for starting roles. And we're going to talk about all of that here uh, on Silver and Black today over the coming weeks. We're excited about it as well. Uh, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into some of the news around the roster. And so far, coming out of rookie camp last week and some news, some good news and some not so good news that came out from Henderson at the end and beginning of this week. You're with Mo. You're with Scott. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Hang in there. We'll be right back. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Happy start officially of the NFL season, I call it, because, hey, the veterans are in Henderson today. They're getting ready to gear up for the long season ahead through February, hopefully, if you're a Raider fan. Yes, Mo and I don't think they'll make the playoffs, I know, but, hey, you never know what can happen. Hope springs eternal, and that starts with training camp with the veterans in Henderson today. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast, also heard on 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas over the radio. So if you like to listen to us there, you can do that on Sundays. Uh, and you're with Scott Branson and Mo Moten. Mo is the national senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. Also the Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com at Mo Moten on Twitter, M-O-E-E-M-O-T-O-N. And I am at LV Gully, the show SNB today. All right, Mo, let's jump into some news. Um, first of all, some some roster news. We, we know we've been watching, of course, the Raiders first round draft pick Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Good news starts 
training camp on the NFI list, which is the non-football injury list, because the injury was prior to him becoming an official NFL player, it doesn't count. So he doesn't have to go on the, the, the physically unable to perform list, which, just a reminder for fans out there, means if you get put on that list, you cannot play until week six. Right, Mo? I have that right? Week six? Yeah, they're right. The but I have, I, not to interrupt you, Scott, but yeah. in real time, uh, yeah. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN says... There is the expectation that Jimmy Garoppolo will pass his physical and be ready for the start of Raiders. So there you go. So we anticipate Jimmy G to be strolling down the hallways today in Henderson uh, with that. So that's good news. Uh, and hey, again, every you got to go through every baby step, right? Now the next thing is to get him out there. And the next thing after that is to actually start a game in week one and stay healthy. So we'll see. Thank you, Mo. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, back to Wilson, though. So. NFI list, great news. That means we we could see him earlier than week six. Uh, and and as you mentioned earlier in the last segment, I don't think they're going to push along Tyree Wilson too too fast, which is why I've said you want a resurgent Chandler Jones, especially early in the season. Uh, the bad news piece of this was defensive tackle Byron Young, who we had talked about on this show as somebody to look at uh, to maybe perform and, and do well this year as a rookie. He was put on the pup list. So we will not see him early in the season, uh, and I anticipate he will still, uh, because he's on that list, uh, they will hold on to his rights and and wait for him to develop because uh, clearly they liked what they saw there. But kind of a mixed bag there, Mo, early on here in camp. Well, just to clarify, a lot of people thought that the they felt like the Tarby Wilson news was bad news. No. But I, I, I essentially expected it. He hasn't been on the field since November. He did say he would be ready at training camp, but he didn't say he'd be ready the first day of training camp. So I expect <laughs> I expect Tyree Wilson to come off the NFI list at some point uh, during during the next you know few few weeks. Maybe it's during the preseason period or in between preseason games. I don't know, but because he's on that NFI list and because he's coming off of a foot surgery, I, I, I tweeted this on Saturday. I believe the Raiders are going to be very careful with Tyree Wilson. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have some underwhelming numbers, and people are going to start to call him Cleef Farrell 2.0. He's a bust. He's this, he's that. But read the room, as now the kids say out there. He's coming off of a ma- major injury. He's on the NFI list to start training camp. He's their top draft pick. Chandler Jones is still on the roster. They're going to be careful with Tyree Wilson. He's not going to bust out for 10 sacks like Max Crosby did as a rookie. Max Crosby was one of... 36 NFL players to have 10 or more sacks as a rookie. So he had an extraordinary rookie season. So if you're yes. expecting yes. Max Crosby numbers, don't because that was an anomaly. Uh, Ty Wilson coming off of injury is not going to have those type of numbers. He's going to probably start the season with a minimal role behind Chandler Jones, and his role hopefully will grow as the season Bro. goes on. Now, as far as Byron Young being on the pup list, he's not out for the first part of the regular season yet. He can come off the pup list at, at some point during the offseason, still rejoin the team. We don't know how long he's going to be out. There's been no official report of his injury or how long he's expected mm-hmm. to be out. But let's just hope that he's back sooner than later because even though the Raiders have a deep rotation along the defensive line, Byron Young had a chance to earn a big role and be a three-down player. So we'll see how that develops and what his injury is. I'm sure Josh McDaniels will be asked about that, but he doesn't have to reveal player injuries yet because we're not to the uh, week one of the regular season where injury reports have to be released. So Mo, if you come off the pup list prior to week one, then you can still play. Is that, is that the ruling? Right. right. Okay. Right. It's, so there it's, it's, if you're still on the pup list after roster cuts, 
that's when you then, are. That's when you're the six weeks time during the during the first uh, few weeks of the season. But got it. As okay. of right now, he could still come off at any time. See, there you go. Mo's Mo's got the. He's got the rule book. He's sitting there with the rule book. He studies it every night as he goes to sleep. <laughs> he knows exactly what's going on. All right, so so that's the news with the Raider roster. Hopefully, we don't hear any more. But again, as we talked about the Hunter Renfro possibility trade stuff, all that. That happens because there's injuries in camp, and you're going to start to see injuries, and there's, there's been some major in- injuries in the NFL, actually, and some carryovers we'll talk about in the third segment as we talk a little more general. But third is today Marcus Peters is back, and I say back. It's the second time he has visited the Raiders. All anticipation is he will sign with Vegas uh, it, uh, while he's there today or in the next few days. And then at some point, I wouldn't ma- imagine he's in a hurry to get out there, being the veteran that he is. But at some point, he will join the cornerback core, the defensive back core for this Las Vegas Raiders team, who's in in dire need of some depth and leadership there. And that's what's interesting about Marcus Peters. Again, not talking about Marcus Peters, the All Pro of several years ago, but he is a guy who creates turnovers. He is good in coverage. He is a great leader in that room. I'm a little lost to why some Raider fans out there who talk to us don't seem that excited about it. I'm not saying you're getting, again, the Marcus Peters uh, of several years ago, but it's an upgrade, Mo, and I think Raider fans, knowing that this defense has got to make great strides, should be a little more excited about the possibility. I think they should be a little more excited because he is an upgrade over what they have. I know that's not saying a lot, but if you understand that, with this, with Patrick Graham's scheme, he could have a bounce back year. I think some of the skepticism around Marcus Peters and what he could do for the Raiders has to do with what happened last year. He allowed mm-hmm. seven touchdowns in coverage and allowed a, a passer rating of over 113, or it was like 113.7 or 113.2, one of the two numbers. But he didn't have a good year last year with the Ravens. But I think part of what you need to factor into that year was, one, he was coming off of a torn ACL in 2021. He missed the entire 2021 season. Uh, with that injury. And then he had to learn a new scheme under Mike McDonald, who replaced Don Wink Martindale, who took over the Giants defensive coordinator position under Brian Dable. So coming off of a major injury and had to learn a new scheme that probably I don't think fit him to a T. I think the, the Ravens played more zone uh, than, than uh, in previous years under Don Wink Martindale because Martindale loves to blitz. And when you blitz, you have to have your guys one-on-one on the island on the outside different scheme with Baltimore last year. So I don't think it fit uh, Marcus Pierce, and that's partially the reason why he's not back in Baltimore. But I think with a better fit in the scheme and to now two years removed from a major knee injury, I think he'll fare a lot better. I'm not saying, again, he's going to be a pro, all-pro player with eight interceptions, but I think he'll have a decent year, assuming he does sign with the Raiders. Yeah, and you talked about, uh, as you as you, as you you mentioned, l- why people aren't as excited because of what happened last year in Baltimore. And if you look at it, uh, you know, using PFF stats, which is becoming more and more a kind of a standard, uh, his coverage grades were right around where they were the previous seasons. But to your point, the touchdown rate was astronomical and his completion percentage was higher. I think it was around 70%. So you look at that and you say, okay, coming off the injury at 30 years old, by the way, not 22 years old, so you do, over time, you lose a little bit of a step. Then you add in the injury. Uh, and, and again, I believe the Raiders will bring him in on a deal where they don't have a lot of exposure. So he's going to have the, if he makes the roster, right, and, and they give him a little guaranteed money, I'm sure, up front, makes the roster, he'll have all the incentive-laden stuff he did. So there's no risk for the Raiders here 
to your point about it being so deft of talent back there, they're able to bring in a guy. And if he has worked out now, he's into the second season after the, the ACL tear, he's able to really prove himself because he's going to be playing for another contract next year. So he's got all the right. motivation in the world. And I love that uh, as a Raider play here, because again, you don't lose anything. If he comes in and he looks terrible, see you later, cost you a little money. That's it. But if he it turns out to be at least a 70% of what he was or 80% of what he was in the past, it's a big win. And the other thing is it allows you to, to gradually develop guys like Jacorian Bennett, mm. maybe David Long Jr., some of the younger guys on the outside. They're not forced into playing big roles before they're ready. So he, Marcus Spears gives you that cushion. A lot of fans drew the comparison to Casey Hayward a couple of years ago and saying, look, Casey Hayward didn't have great numbers the year before he signed with the Raiders, but you see what he did. He turned into their, their CB1 and had a pretty good year under Gus Bradley, who whose scheme he's familiar with. So, again, it matters about what scheme you're in. A lot of people like to look at last year's numbers and go, oh, he's fallen off of a cliff, he's washed up. But you have to look at some of the factors that went into the previous season and just a forward-looking projection of what he can do in a scheme that suits his skill set. I think yeah. that matters a lot, and I think a lot of people overlook that, that factor. Yeah, and I think it's we talked about last show the expectations for this team over the year, and not to get maybe to have too high of expectations or too low of expectations, which a lot of people seem to have. Uh, but I think that's the same thing with Marcus Peters. If he comes in, they sign him, expect him to do well, but don't expect him to be the guy from when he was 23 years old. Okay, that's not going to happen, most likely. Who knows? It could. You never know with guys like this with comeback stories. Uh, they they do it all the time, and it's it's remarkable. What happens? So we'll see. We'll see what goes on there. But but I anticipate by the time that some people listen to this show at the end of their day or into Wednesday that he will be a Raider. So that's that's good news for that defense as well. And then I would say, Mo, as we've talked about, watch for the waiver wire. Watch for transactions as we pile up injuries uh, through through camp and this first week of full camp around the NFL. Yeah, because there are probably going to be some other roster moves that go along with, you know, the cornerback position or defensive line being that Byron Young is on the pup list mm-hmm. and Terry Wilson is not ready yet. I, I expect another move for the, for the defensive line. Maybe they add another veteran who's out there. Maybe someone gets cut early in camp and the Raiders uh, pick up that player. But they're going to be some there's going to be some moves going on. The roster you see now is obviously not going to be the roster that's set before roster cuts because. Even though the cutdown date is late August, the Raiders can let players go and pick players up along the way. That's right, and it happens all the time. Okay, we're going to take our second break. When we come back, we're going to get into some of the other NFL news around there that could have impact on the Raiders. You talk about rosters, you talk about injuries, the running back situation, all of that 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 news cycle that actually continues. It's 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 calmed down a little bit because guys are getting ready to go to camp, so they don't have as much time to sit there and talk and do interviews. That's primarily why or to be on their social media. But nonetheless, we'll talk a little bit about that and how one running back in Baltimore is experiencing that as well. So when we come back, it rolls on. Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Mo and Scott will be right back. Welcome back, home stretch here on Silver and Black today. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate it. The really handsome dude next to me is Mo Moten. He's the <laughs> national senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. Also, Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. You can catch him uh, on Twitter at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I'm Scott Cabranson, your co-host, LV Gully on Twitter. 
You can also catch my work up on Sports Dot and uh, here coming up this week, my debut piece on RaiderRamble.com as well. So, uh, yes, we're all over the place. We're trying. We're getting geared up. It's football season, man. And I think my wife and kids are like, oh, okay, here's my dad'll be in the studio all, all week again. Uh, they're getting ready for that. I told them, no, not till September. Not till September. We still got a month. I mean, it gets busy, but the, the show schedule here, we go from two shows a week to around four or sometimes five, depending. Uh, so, so yes, so it starts again. But I love it, man. It's this time of the year. Football's close. College football's only what forty days away. About forty, yeah, about forty days away. So we we get some, we get some football that counts. Yes, on the collegiate level, very very soon. So that's usually, very very soon. Usually around Labor Day. Although that's, I've, that's a great time. Being here in Ohio, I've enjoyed the summer because I don't have to listen to all the Ohio State crap. Now it's getting geared up. So my my buddies, <laughs> my buddies who I meet on Thursday nights to smoke cigars and have bourbon, now they're starting with their stuff, right? And then oh, you're a Notre Dame fan. Oh, they suck. You have to hear that all the time. Now we share our our hate of Michigan, but uh, other than that, but it's you know it's Ohio, man. College college football, high school football, pro football. It's big. So it, it's um. It's that time of the year, but I love it because that means we have something to talk about, which is cool. Just a side, just just a side note. Did you see Lane Kiffin's? Oh my press god! Conference. Lane Kiffin looked like he just came out of someone said the Hangover sequel movie. He looked disheveled up there. He was talking about Nick Saban and people basically poking the bear, saying, "You know, it's Alabama's dynasty over with." And he's saying, "Well, you guys are are putting the battery in his back and, and giving him some motivation, <laughs> some bulletin board material." Yeah, but I, I could not take my eyes off of just his appearance, and I'm like, wow, Lane Kiffin either had a, a long summer or he had a a wild summer. This a long, year. yeah, wild summer. <laughs> or he was trying to debut and get ready to walk the red carpet for the Barbie movie. Kind of looked at that, that <laughs> the, the the frosty colored hair he had going there too. He had yeah, some like yeah. some what are they called highlights in his hair? Yeah, yeah. By the Our way, I, I don't, I can't believe, I just don't. I don't understand the whole Barbie movie thing, especially for, for guys like girls grew up with Barbie. I get it. I just don't get it. Anyway, that's a different subject for a different day. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, I'm going to see Oppenheimer and how they created a bomb who could kill us all. But anyway, here we are. Okay. So training camp and Mo, we, we have to cover stories around the NFL as well, because it, you never know where rosters are going to make out. You never know who guys are having trouble, especially within the division. Chris Jones is holding out basically in Kansas City. We'll start with that one. He's not happy with his contract. Of course, he had a monster game uh, against the the Bengals and then had a great Super Bowl. And so we got some trouble in Kansas City early, which you haven't seen over the years. They took care of Mahomes. They've took taken care of guys to keep that core together. And then, of course, they added the seven rookies who started for them in the Super Bowl last year. But you look at what's happening there. Big news in the AFC West. Big news in the SC West. I do expect the Chiefs to come to a deal with uh, an agreement with Chris Jones before week one. Uh, Joe Coy, who's a friend of the show, CBS mm-hmm. Sports, former NFL player agent, said he he um, he provided an interesting detail that I wasn't quite aware of that because of the 2020 CBA, teams aren't allowed to waive fines for players. So in previous years, a player would miss training camp during a holdout. And if they report, teams usually would waive those fines that incurred over over the days. I believe it was like fifty thousand per day. Mm-hmm. But with the new CBA, teams aren't allowed to waive those fines. So what that tells me is, he he probably feels like he's going to make that money back. 
So the five money that he loses by holding <laughs> out and missing camp, he's going to yeah. make that back on a new deal. I expect him to have a deal that's close to Aaron Donald, maybe not more than Aaron Donald. But if you look at the market, defensive tackles have been getting paid Big. this offseason. Quinn and Williams, yes. the Jets got paid. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons of the Tennessee Titans got paid. Javon Hargrave, who signed with the San Francisco 49ers and, and Fragency, got paid. So I think Chris Jones is looking at the market and saying, defensive tackle market unlike the running back market is exploding like the wide receiver Ooh. market did two years ago i need to get my pay right now while i'm still playing at an all pro level and i think that's what's going to happen with him and the chiefs yeah and, and a savvy move like you said with leverage right yeah. where josh jacobs saquon Barkley, they didn't have the leverage because of the depressed market at the running back position so fascinating there but we'll keep an eye on that one the other thing was we talked about injuries with the raiders the Ravens have signed a familiar face to AFC West fans, and that's running back Melvin Gordon just to a one-year deal because J.K. Dobbins was put on the pup list. Now, like you said, if he gets healthy before uh, week one, then he won't miss time during the regular season. But uh, that was a big deal because we talked about J.K. Dobbins was wanting a, a new deal in Baltimore, and he's not healthy. You talk about not having leverage upon not having leverage. J.K. Dobbins in a tough spot, Mo, in Baltimore. Yeah, I said it last week. He's not going to get a new deal. Even if he was healthy, he's not going to get a new deal because his highest rushing numbers, I believe, 820 rushing yards in the yeah. season last year, and he missed a whole year because of an injury. So he wasn't going to get paid with the market the way it is and because of his production, and he hasn't been much involved in the passing game. I think today's NFL running backs, and I had a conversation with a Raiders reporter over the past few days, and he, he was basically asking – you know, what do running backs have to do now to get paid and possibly go to the Hall of Fame? And I said, a lot of these running backs are now going to have to follow the Marshall Falk mold. And what I mean by that is they're going to have to be 1,000-yard rushers and come close to 1,000 yards in receiving. Mm. So they're going to have to be complete running backs, not just great on the ground, but they're going to have to be dynamic to get those big deals because then they could say, look, I'm not just a running back. I'm a running back and a top pass catcher. Now, that didn't work out so well for Austin Eckler because he still didn't get paid, but he's also <laughs> up there in age. So if you're a running back between the, you know 25 or younger, start getting those receiving yards because that's how you're going to get paid because you can say I should be paid partially as a wide receiver as well because of what I can do th for the offense in the passing game. Yeah, uh, and, and fascinating discussion. And we're going to talk more about the league. We'll, of course, focus on the Raiders as we do 99% of the time here. By the way, coming up on um, Thursday's show, we have special guest Ross Tucker. If you're familiar with Ross Tucker, covers the NFL, former NFL player, part of the family here at Odyssey Sports, also does TV work for CBS Sports and radio work for, for Westwood One. So we're going to pick his brain about the Raiders. So we'll get another national voice who covers uh, that. So he'll be on uh, Thursday's show. So stay tuned for that. One of the other things I wanted to bring up, and I know somebody asked us, I think in the mailbag segment, or they might have asked us on Twitter, I can't remember which one, if we had watched the Netflix series Quarterback. Have you watched any of it yet, Mo? Before your I've, schedule I've and you not, can't even sleep. <laughs> I have not got to watch any of it yet. Shout out to Allison, who was in the chat last week when we, had our, we yes. had our show on Thursday. She was uh, talking about the show, and I told her that I would tune into it. Even during a busy season, I can, at night, kind of tune in and see what the hubbub is about. And I will do that, but I haven't been yes. able to do it over the past few days. Yes. And uh, I hope Allison's okay with it, but Mo and I were talking at, after that show and we've decided anytime you guys send us super chats, which is basically if, if you're listening and not watching us on YouTube, 
on YouTube, you can actually donate or pay us, if you will, because you're happy with the content of the discussion or you like your question answered. Um, and so that in itself, we're going to donate that to the One Nation Foundation, Murph's Foundation over at Raider Fan Radio. Does great things. They're working with uh, Raider Dad, another charity we talked about as well here. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. So we're not going to keep that money. We're going to pass it on to them. So anything you donate here, you can go to their show and donate, but anything you donate on YouTube from Super Chat, we're sending it right over to the One Nation Foundation. But giving the back to the community, giving back to the community, and a, and a big thanks to Murph for being a big part of our show. Absolutely, yes, and he'll be back very, very soon, starting with some preseason games. So we're going to have some fun uh, there as well. And I will be going down to Nashville. I will be doing a show from there, Mo. Uh, one of their one of their live shows will be good. I, I have no idea. Something tells they are naturally jovial, happy, good people. All three of them including Jeff and Michelle. Uh, but I, I just, I think there's some alcohol off, off, off camera. I'm just saying, I don't know for sure. I'm just feeling like there might be. I, I'm not going to put anybody <laughs> on the spot. And, and cause no. I've, I haven't been on the show. I have to make an appointment to be on that show. Yep. And of course we're familiar with Murph, but you mentioned uh swag Jeff and Michelle. Yeah. Shout out to them too. Cause they're part of that team that they have over there at Red Nation radio and at Raider fan radio. So I want to, I told Murph that I would eventually show up. I have to uh -huh. keep my promise. I'm a man of my word, Murph. I will be on the show <laughs> at some point before week one. I will join will. you and have a good time. Uh, alcoholic beverages or not, uh, it will be a good time. That's right. That's right. So we will do that. But back to the <laughs> Netflix. I know we get we get distracted. Uh, and sometimes in these third this third segment, we like to have fun with it when we do mail next time. But anyway... So the Netflix series, I've now watched a few episodes. And the one thing I'll tell you, and I've heard other people tell me this after I, because people said, hey, if you watch it, I, no, don't tell me anything. Don't talk about it. I want to watch it first. Now that I've watched some, one of the things that I came, came away with, honestly, and if you're a Raider fan and you watch it, you'll hate Mahomes as much as you hate Mahomes. I get it. Uh, is Kirk Cousins is a cool dude, man. Now, forget the play on the field. I'm not... I'm not going to get into that yet, but really cool guy, really good guy, family guy. Like you just, you watch it and you start to think, boy, I, I would root for that guy to be successful if I was a Vikings fan or whoever, you know, whatever team he was on, including Washington. But what's interesting is Marcus Mariota, who's the third quarterback in there. And obviously out of the two has the least amount of success. They told the series in the interview that they felt that cousins both of them, including Mahomes, felt that Cousins was the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Interesting, interesting point. Now, we can go into the numbers and talk about why he is or isn't, but here's why I bring this up, Mo, because Kirk Cousins, when asked the same question, because they asked all three quarterbacks the same questions, do you know who he said his most underrated quarterback in the NFL was? You'll never guess. Derek Carr? No, Jimmy Garoppolo. Interesting. Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm going to read you the quote. Now, I'm not here to do PR for Jimmy Garoppolo. You and the listeners out there, you know where Mo and I stand on Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, right? Because we're very similar. But here's what he said. Quote, I kind of always scratch my head at the Jimmy Garoppolo situation in San Francisco because I know how hard it is to win in the league. And it seems like every time he goes out there, they win. And then they're moving on from him or trying to draft somebody and trade up. And I'm thinking... It's pretty hard to win double-digit games in this league, and that's all they seem to do when, when he plays. So obviously, I don't know all that goes on there, but if he does it again with the Raiders at some point, this guy's just a winner. 
Then Mahomes chimed in, I hope he doesn't do it again with the Raiders. <laughs> Which is, of course, the AFC West rival is said in jest. But it's interesting because we talk about it in these terms, Mo, which is Jimmy Garoppolo is not the kind of quarterback who's going to take you on his shoulders. We said the same thing about Derek Carr and make you will you to win. But and I think what Kirk Cousins is getting at here and he's saying it as a quarterback, maybe not understanding the situation or his injury history, by the way, is the idea that for whatever reason, when he's managing the game and he's the leader on the field, he gets the most out of the players around him. Again, if he's got the, the, the crew around him, and it doesn't mention the defense, but that's part of it. So the idea here is that Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner, and the numbers bear that out when he's able to play. But again, situationally, having a defense, having a great offense, having great coaching also plays into that. Now, he said something there. He said, why, you know, 49ers are trying to replace him with a young guy, trying to replace him every year. I think the idea is, you have to remember these teams know these players a lot better than we do. And I think right. the 49ers have the confidence that not only can they win without Jimmy Garoppolo and he, and that's just a plug and play position because of what he does for the, or what he doesn't do for the offense. I, I feel like the 49ers felt like we get a quarterback who could stretch the field. Our offense would be a lot better. So the 49ers are basically saying, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo may be a winner. He, you know, he, he's a decent, capable quarterback. Mm-hmm. But he's not pulling the the team to victory, so to speak, and we he, we can replace him and still win games. And they did last year. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. Brock Purdy comes in. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, and the and the 49ers still went all the way to the NFC Championship game with Brock Purdy under center. And now they have Sam Donald there battling with with um, Trey Lance for the starting spot. But not to be long winded, the 49ers feel that Jimmy Garoppolo was replaceable. They went mm-hmm. up for Trey Lance. They, they got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason and brought in Sam Donald. They obviously felt like, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo did some good things, but we we could still win games without him. Yeah, no, it's a good point. But I just thought it's interesting. And again, players are players, but you know, there's there's he looked at him and in and, and in some ways, you know, they they might be similar. I mean, Kirk Cousins hasn't gotten as injured as much as as Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think he's probably a little bit better of a quarterback when you look at the, the arm yeah. and, the, and the ability to throw downfield, right? Yeah. But but that that next level quarterback that kind of flies below the radar, I think they're both in that 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 realm, that under 15 or 12 to 15, whatever you want to call it. Remember, Scott, I, I put out those stats. I spoke about these stats last week. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't thrown for 4,000 yards in a season yet. In a season, right. Kirk Cousins yeah. has done it multiple, several times already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and thrown for over 30-plus touchdowns. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has 30-plus touchdowns in a season yet either. So the numbers are why Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess, is disrespected around the leagues because he's just not that guy to put up big numbers. Now putting yeah. up big numbers doesn't equate to wins, but if you need a guy to pull you out of a, of a deficit, as I said last week, Jimmy Garoppolo, isn't that guy. And I was in a conversation with John um, rock Raider five, eight, five last week. Mm-hmm. And he basically said, who's to say Jimmy Garoppolo can't carry an offense with his arm. And I said, well, in San Francisco, it wasn't like he had chopped liver in his pass catching group. He had an all pro tight end in George Kittle. He had a thousand yard receiver in Debo Samuel and another thousand yard receiver in Brandon Ayuk. So it wasn't right. like the 49ers pass catcher group wasn't good. It was pretty good. And Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers were still pretty modest for a group with that amount of talent. So that tells you to me, in a sense, he needs a defense. He needs a run game to succeed. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, that I heard I heard a lot of fans conversing with me too online about that about well you know but he's got Devontae I said yes but if you look in San Francisco it was a damn good lineup so yes and and again I'm sure Raider fans if it meant them winning 12 games and going deep in the playoffs and Jimmy G's throws for 3,200 yards they'd take it but you'd have to have a really good defense to do that in my view and they're not there on defense now they might be a lot better on defense this year we're just starting camp today. We don't know yet what, what's going to happen and how this is going to shape up. But a defense, building a defense tends to take some time, and there's some holes there, linebacker. And they're going to have to to put that together. So we'll see what happens. But just an interesting conversation, a good series to watch. Now that football's starting, uh, you might, if you want to get back into the rhythm of just getting hyped about football, uh, as, as much as you have to watch Patrick Mahomes <laughs> for Raiders fans, uh, a good show. I highly recommend it. So it'll, it'll be fun. But... Uh, you know, there's just all these all these things out there, and and we try to bring them to you when we can. Mo, uh, we're going to wrap up the show here in a second. And again, reminder: the great Ross Tucker will be with us on Thursday, so make sure you tune in. Mo, tell everybody what you got going this week. We know about, of course, tomorrow Wednesday you have your Bleacher Report live. Give everybody the details on that and what else you got coming from a writing perspective. So just to reiterate, I'll go over training camp battles, the top training camp battles, maybe three to five, probably most likely five, because there are a lot of positions up for grabs on the defensive side of the ball. There are some on, on the offensive side, but I mostly focus on defense for the people, for the fans who yell defense, defense, defense. Anytime a Raiders discussion comes up, we'll go into that on Wednesday. That'll be 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern time, Wednesday on a Bleach Report live show. And I haven't decided quite yet what I'm going to do for sports not. But what I will say is that it'll be obviously it'll be training camp related and just kind of an update on looking ahead. Like, what are we expecting from the Raiders at the training camp? Because I just want to say this now before even the practices ramp up, the training camp practices are a lot more important than the preseason games. I want to emphasize that because every year we get a player who who busts out and shines and during the preseason and he doesn't make the roster or he only makes the practice squad and the fans are like dude ran for 200 yards or he had you know four sacks why isn't he on the main roster the practices are more important than the actual preseason games so just keep that in mind as you're going through as we're going through training camp and as we get to the preseason in a couple of weeks good stuff man make sure you follow mo on twitter m-o-e-m-o-t-o-n and then also if you're going to watch him on, on tomorrow's Bleacher Report Live, I would recommend downloading early the Bleacher Report app on yes. your phone. Then you can go find Mo there. He will not be wearing a hat, so you get to see his haircut. I'm sure you're going to hit the barber Monday, yes. Tuesday, yes. Wednesday. So yes. you had a couple get, days to get to the barber before tomorrow's show. Get freshened up and and, and be Midtown Mo again. I, I've been <laughs> Midtown Mo for about a month and a half, so now i got to get back into the character and, and, and be a little more buttoned up. And give the Raiders fans what, what hopefully what they want to hear. It's Midtown. <laughs> there you go. There he is. Now you understand that when he's when he's making his way into Midtown, <laughs> he puts this on 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 repeat, and he just uh, he struts down the street. He's like Midtown Mo. I can see that, that man. We gotta get that, some that's video a- of you guys walking into it's a Bleacher Report. We'll put this to the music. <laughs> I'll get them to do a little bit of a longer version. We'll do a little a little mini documentary. 
not to compare myself to Devontae Adams, but he, <laughs> he said during an interview that he likes to have something mellow him out before he gets on the field because I think Dan Pratchett asked him, like, what do you listen to before you get into the game? Do you have, yeah. like, a hype music or a hype track that you listen to? And he's like, no, nah, I like to mellow out a little bit. He's an R&B guy. He likes to kind of calm down. He listened to Erica Badu. I think with that tune that you have, that intro is a good yeah. way to, to kind of mellow out. Because sometimes you get a little jittery. You know you're about to go on air and you have thousands of people listening to you. I have to kind of calm down, just kind of have some zen before I go live. And that's perfect intro to help me just kind of relax before I go live. Avocado smoothie and some funk, baby. That's yeah. what she It's, it's yeah. easy to solve. Get you Get you yeah. all settled down. I love it. All right. Well, make sure you do that. I'm going to be writing on Raider Ramble later this week about Josh McDaniels, everybody's favorite subject. Oh, man. Yes. Third rail. That's one of the third rail discussions. The third rail, but I'm going to take an objective point of view. I'm not taking the, the objective uh, or the view of an angry fan or uh, a negative <laughs> journalist just trying to hammer Josh McDaniels. That's all I'm going to do. I'm also not writing a fluff piece about him, but uh, just a perspective on how much I think is at stake for him this year. Even though if the Raiders don't do well, I don't think he gets fired, except there are some reasons why he could be, and I'll discuss that in the piece as well. Scott, beware, because Saturday going into Sunday, I was in a back and forth on Twitter, Raider fans, and the minute you say, well, you think Josh McDaniels is going to get more than or be the coach beyond 2023, Raiders fans would say, oh, you're shilling for the coach. Oh, you're, you're, you're just trying to stick up for the, for the regime. You're not yeah. being objective. You're biased. And it's like, and, and I made this point, and I haven't made this point in the show, that if you look at the Raiders' moves, and maybe I have made this point, but if you look at the Raiders' moves during this offseason, they made moves that suggest that they're going to be there beyond 2023. They made moves Correct. that weren't really urgent you don't sign a quarterback an injury prone quarterback who you know needs surgery and draft a player seventh overall that just came off of surgery if you know your job is directly on the line and directly the tie to wins those are moves that are made for Correct. a regime that knows it's rebuilding and i pulled a i pulled a column from vic's piece recently that said mark davis and dave ziggler have already said they're not measuring the 2023 season on wins if yes. you're on a hot seat, you're not going to send that message. You're not going to say something like that. You Correct. say something like that when you know you have more than one year to fix the roster. And and the and the and Raider fans don't like that, especially those that aren't fans of. Look, I don't think there's any f big fan of Josh McDaniels because he hasn't proven anything yet. Right. So, but for the fans that are more optimistic and want to give the guy a chance, great. For the people who want him gone already and don't believe he can do it, and there's a lot of them. And I and I understand their opinion. And I don't I don't in any way belittle it. I just think that you're in for a couple years. So yeah. so uh, unless and, and and I'll talk about that in the piece too because it, it is what it is and you have to get used to it. And if you're if it's going to make you so angry that you don't want to watch your team, that's a rough spot. But as I as I mentioned this week a couple times on Twitter and got the wrath of folks because uh, <laughs> I mentioned some things like, hey, I don't know how you root for another team if you're the fan of one team versus the other. But either way, again, people can do what they want, but you're kind of banging your head against the wall if you want Josh McDaniels fired. Now, again, there are ways that he could be fired. Absolutely. Those would be really terrible for this team and for this franchise. And even much as you want him gone, you don't want that to happen because it would not be good overall for the franchise. So we'll see how it goes. But anyway, that's where we're at. But we will see you back here on Thursday with Ross Tucker also, remember, we, we start our schedule again on 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the radio. 
this coming Sunday. So our first episode of the new season will be heard and you'll hear all the great stuff we're doing here on Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Mo Moten, have a great couple days. We'll be watching the live on Wednesday and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Appreciate it, Scott. Buckle up, Raider Nation. Training <laughs> camp is here. Absolutely. All right. For our producer, Mike Robier, our radio producer back in Las Vegas, Mark Bonilla. Uh, it has been Silver and Black today. Mo Moten, Scott Branson. We will talk to you all on Thursday. Enjoy the beginning of training camp. It's right around the corner, folks. Games, yes, pads, crunching football. It's back. We love it. Take care and uh, be good to one another out there. Bye-bye.